Welcome to Watch Party. I'm Lou Gonzalez. Joining me, we have the Double Johns, John Seiler. Uh, happy October, everyone. I, I really tried to think of something better. I really couldn't. And John Scott. Ooh, ghost. I don't know. I'm tired. It's been a, been a long week. Yep, which is why we are watching a movie that doesn't necessarily fit into what we usually watch, but... It involves everybody whose movies we watch and love. Um, uh, yeah, man. What what movie are we watching? We're watching. Uh, was it 1996? Fright the the Frighteners. Yeah, man. And I'm gonna like say it now, and this might be like a controversial opinion, which I honestly, it actually is a controversial opinion. Uh, best Peter Jackson movie. Ooh, interesting. Because I mean, like, I don't know, man. Not Lord of the Rings guy. Like, I really, actually, really miss the time where Peter Jackson did horror, and I kind of wish he would go back to doing horror, uh, like Dead Alive or Meet the or, or something weird like Meet the Feebles. But uh, the Frighteners, I think, is like kind of like him at his most like kind of madcappy, uh, and he has like this really and the movies just got this really great ensemble cast, and it's fun. Like, it has like a lot of live really great horror to it. I think it's great. I've not seen any of Jackson's work pre-Frighteners because I'm waiting for those apparent 4K releases he's doing. Oh, so yeah, I'm going to pull up. I completely forgot to pull up his IMDb. So this is the movie that Michael J. Fox did right before our last movie. So he kind of did them back to back. What a legend. To be fair, though, Mars Attacks was like two seconds, not even. Oh, yeah. And basically this movie, he said, is why he stopped doing movies. No. I, um, not because it was bad, but because he had to film it in uh, New Zealand and was like, I have kids. I cannot do this on the other side of the world. Um, was this also possibly like around the time where he probably starts having... Uh, no, this is... He been- went from this to doing Spin City. Yeah. Okay. Because it... it went yeah, no, this is... Yeah. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, no. He did not start experiencing symptoms until he was well into Spin City. Um, uh, and that's why he eventually left the show. And that was in when is, Spin City's 96, so he does it like right, he literally goes, films this, films um, Mars Attacks, and then goes right into this. Uh, goes I'm, right I'm into look- Spin City. Uh, I'm looking at his Wikipedia, it looks like he started developing symptoms in 91, um, which oh. then started, ha- he started having like a drinking problem and really heavy depression. Uh, around those times, and then in '98, he went public with Parkinson's. Um, oh, so that's maybe like it, I'm remembering when he went public. So, like, I, I assume, like, also, uh, him like stopped doing films. Also, had to kind of like not only had to do with like his disease, but also like him uh, having like addiction problems. That like, hey, like being closer to home and like not yeah. traveling overseas is probably best for me. Yeah, he also got really pigeonholed. And this and Mars Attacks are like his two movies that aren't in his kind of what he got stuck in, which is being like the young pretty boy guy. Like he kind of plays off that uh, in Mars Attacks, but he's really like 
off character in this movie, which is why I love this movie for him. And, and he every- does some great vocal performances with uh, Homeward Bound, Stuart Little, Atlantis. Yeah, because I was going to say the other thing is like after 96, the only films he really does after that are all voiceover work. Yeah, um, he does like a couple of little like snippet things here and there, live action. And that's it. Yeah, because the last thing I saw him in, which was two years ago, is he did like a couple episodes stint on Designated Survivor, which he was really good in. He's also um, done a couple episodes on um, The Good Wife and The Good Fight, which is also apparently really good. Yeah, the spinoff. That's on CBS All Access. I only care about CBS for the stand at this point. Oh, uh, no. Nah, well, if they do a third season of Discovery, I will be very happy. But I'll probably watch the stand. All right. Are you guys... Well, so Frighteners is on HBO Max. Are you guys all set? Yes, I am. I am comfy and ready to go. Silent? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. John Scott, if you want to give us a countdown... All right, you spooky boys and girls, get ready to go in three, two, one, go. So yeah, like Lucy, we're watching this on HBO, so you get a movie HBO logo first. Yep. And then we get this cool universal intro. Who did the music for this? Danny Elfman. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, it was like literally like two seconds in. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Danny Elfman. Oh, so we have back to back movies with uh, Michael J. Fox and Danny Elfman scores. Yep. And Semeckis produced this bad boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, this is produced by Robert Semeckis. Yeah. Wow. Do you know why? Hey, no, it's not. Do you know why it was produced by Zemeckis? No. Because this was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. This movie? Yep. Wow. It's like very Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, this was supposed to be the first Tales from the Crypt movie, but then they made it into their own feature. That makes a lot of sense. And Zemeckis was supposed to direct it, but then... Jackson and his writer made their uh, first draft in, and he's like, oh, no, you'd make it. Also, Lou, is it possible to turn us down a little bit on your end? Oh, yeah. I, I was blowing my own eardrums out. But yeah, I could definitely see this being like a Tales from the Crypt movie before. Oh, yeah. Oh, that CGI is not aging great. I think, like, also, if you look at a lot of, like, especially, like, also, like, Dead Alive, you could tell, like, he's, like, a huge fan of, 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 like, those Tales from the Crypt comics that are just, you know, horror. Yeah. Oh. Inspired. This I has, mean, like, a very Tales from the Crypt's look. It also kind of has a very similar look to me to um, Sam Raimi-ish. Which I'm sure he was a big influence on Peter Jackson. Oh, without a doubt. But like a lot of these angles and these shots remind me of Sam Raimi. I don't remember this being the intro to the movie. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, so... Alright, Grandma. Well, there's also, like, a lot of um, 
I think Psycho well, in this movie. I think like also it's just like kind of a happy accident that like I think Sam Raimi is more of a contemporary to Peter Jackson because like oh yes I, I would uh, say they are yeah because just Evil Dead was bigger because Evil Dead Two was eighty seven and I want to say like Dead Alive is like eighty nine ninety 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 one oh yeah then you know I I could see that actually more so yeah. than. I think it's more that because he's an American, Raimi broke first. And I feel like you can see a lot of that style kind of go off onto um, Jackson. Now, did either of you guys see Peter Jackson's um, war documentary? Yes, yeah. I did. So fucking good. Um, it's a. I'm not like a war guy. It so. is really interesting. It's World War One, and they took a bunch of footage and like digitized it and colored it and slowed it down. Slowed it down, and it's like a lot of the words from people who were alive from different interviews in the past talking over stuff. It's mm-hmm. really, really well done. Uh, I actually watched it like as uh, like. As a teacher, te- like teaching in a class, we watched it. It was really well done. Yeah, I, I assume it was. Um, I just, yeah, you know, it's just if you're, yeah, if you're not into like docs and specifically like war docs, but it's, it's really about like how it's about the British soldiers in World War One and how they are so young because they're okay, all so- like sixteen to eighteen. To yeah. get off for a second, this kid that they sent out, do you know who he looks like? Hugh Grant? No, he looks like the one son from uh, Home Improvement. Oh, um, which, not Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right? Yeah, not Zachary Ty Bryan. Oh, and there's Mr. Oingo Boingo himself, Danny Elfman. <laughs> uh, also, like, the judge makeup done by Rick Baker, that's not, that's not bad. Oh, I forgot he got Rick Baker for this. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> you know who he looks like? They're dressing him up as oh, what the hell's that actor's name? He was the the bad guy in the Elseworlds crossover, John, and he's been in like, um, uh, no, um, Deegan, Doctor Deegan, or whatever. Yeah. The guy from Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So, did you see who, like, the other people they wanted for this movie was? If If uh, Michael J. Fox didn't take the role? I did, yes. Oh, I did not. It's really weird, like... It's like completely different because it was. I pull it up here. I know, like Tom Cruise, which yeah, of course, ninety six. He's like one of the biggest names. Um, which is funny to me though, because if he had made this, I don't think he would have made um, Mission Impossible. Yeah, the next choice makes sense because I feel like him and Michael J. Fox kind of fit together, and that is uh, Matthew Broderick. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I can see that. 
Yeah, and then John Cusack, which I also think fits in that kind of 80s, like, 80s pretty boy guy, like, trying to reinvent themselves in the 90s. But the fourth name is confusing and would be a completely different feel to this movie, and that's Danny DeVito. No. I would love to for him to just be like, hey, I'm sorry, there was a log truck coming right at me. Well, I mean, it's like, he's also just like, I, oh, he's just driving. Like, I mean, you, you saw him he, driving, right? Yeah. It's like, he also, doesn't give a fuck. That's a guy who's in a 90s Guido jumpsuit that also has lawn gnomes? Ooh, that is awesome villain hair. Right? Yeah. Oh my god, I just realized how I know Minnie Driver. That's She's the voice of Jane in Tarzan. That's how I know her. Wait, who? Is that Minnie Driver? Oh, no, no, it's Trini Alvarado. Varda. Oh my, oh my god. god, she looks like Al- Minnie Driver. So, she looks just like her. She is from Little Women, and then she's also... The adult version of the little girl in the amazing movie Polly, where Polly Shore is a parrot. She's in Fringe. Oh my god, this woman looks like Mother from Futurama. Oh. Yeah, uh, mom, yeah. Yeah, mom. Mom or whatever. Yeah, she really did. She did Little Women. She's Meg, which I don't remember which character that is. Is that the one that dies? Uh, she's I... the little woman. Oh, so she's the one that marries Christian Bale? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not. No, the little one in that movie is Kristen Dunst. I, I, was, I was trying to I was trying to make a joke. Oh. Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> the she's the one in Little Women who didn't become a mega superstar. Out of Winona Ryder, Samantha Mathis, Kristen Dunst, and Claire Danes. I'm sorry, uh, it's Claire Danes. Um, yeah, Winona Ryder and Kristen Dunst, and then this woman is the fourth little woman. And these camera shots are like gunshots to the face. Yeah. He is perfect for this role. <laughs> Jake Busey is so good in this movie. Can you well, if he's... it was like Gary Busey. Oh my god! Like I wish, like they should have had like him play like the other girl's dad or something like that. Like those just crazy Busey teeth and crazy eyes. Oh my Where god! Where is he at in his career? Uh, uh, this... I don't know, man. Like. Of, this uh, was a year before uh, Starship Troopers. Star, I was gonna say Starship Troopers. Yeah, I was just like it had to be close. This was a year before. Yeah. I actually I just, like this yeah. concept. 
that he wants to be the most known serial killer of all time. Yeah. And, like, the number count, and... Because the person he said was, like, a real person. Yeah. Um, and there's also a lot that they take off of this. Like, from real people. IS. VHS tapes. The true form of media. What a weird couple. So, she has a doll in her bed, and he's yeah. doing rowing, that's, and he has an Elvis statue? That's a Raggedy Ann. Oh, I'm sorry, do you mean Annabelle? There, there, there's like a they're hey, like hey. A, a pair of toys. It's Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Ann. Oh, I know, but the real Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll. You oh, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. You show some goddamn respect to Raggedy Ann, alright? So, do you know who is playing Patricia Bradley? So, okay, so did she know who this person was before she ran the videotape, or did she go see that family, then ran a, a videotape about serial killers? I think she visited the family and then rented the tape. And it's just just two separate things that happened that just happened to coincide. Yeah. Also, I just found well, out no, I think, she, I think she rented the tape because she visited them. I just found out who plays Patricia Bradley, and uh, hell yeah. D. Wallace? Yeah. The mom from E.T. Ew. Wouldn't this, also, like, creep you out that he's... Also from The Howling, just saying. Oh, yes, that's true. Oh, is this the same guy? Yeah, this is the guy from earlier. Yeah, whose car... Oh, I didn't make two and two together. I also love this idea. Like, this entire concept is so fun of him being, like, this weird... That's a good practical effect. Also, do you want to know how, uh... <laughs> do you want to know how you know that the spooky stuff's happening? Because that Danny Elfman score kicks right into high gear. Well, And I like how he's, like, the king. He's alive. That is a tiny bed for a couple. Oh no, it's the real Annabelle. Yeah, it's because the pillow will kill it. <laughs> what else do you plan on doing? Ooh. <laughs> like, those bits are what, like, make, like, scream like Sam Raimi stuff to me. Like that's very um Yeah. <laughs> you know that you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the strap your belt on kid. We're going in from Mario Brothers.
I just like to think that Marty McFly, like... Have you... This is Marty McFly doing, like, Peter Venkman. Yeah, and it's kind of fantastic. Uh, I mean, given, given like, who this character kind of ends up being, I think it's like if you took Venkman and, you know, Bill Murray's character, and like, one character. Because it's like, you know, it's the idea that he's also, like, you know, kind of bullshitting. <laughs> I love how he's just like, you know, we forget about the fence, we're good. Okay, that's definitely a trap. This guy's a barrel laughs, you know? Okay, so you want to know something funny? You know how you saw the Elvis statue in their room? And he's mm -hmm. obsessed with Elvis? That's because the guy who plays the husband was Elvis in Forrest Gump. Oh! That's funny. That is funny. I was amused. We're not talking as much because we're really enjoying this movie. Because this movie's kind of amazing. This guy looks super familiar. Uh, I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, Forrest Gump is like his big break, and then he got this role, and then done like small stuff since then. I think you know what? he looks just like a. Kind of like Johnny Depp, like in um, what is that movie he did? Like, is it Crybaby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just gives me a lot of that vibe. And this guy's been in everything. Oh, that's T. McBride? Yeah. 
Oh, hell yeah. Oh, dude, he's such a good character actor. But yeah, like Lou said, he has been in everything. Oh, the other guy is one of the lone gunmen. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. For uh, X-File fans out there. Is he the blonde one? Lou, I don't think that... Oh, he's Jimmy the Geek. No, I don't think he's one of them. I think he's just in an episode. He's in two of them, yeah. Yeah. And then now he's working for Stephen Colbert. Oh, he was also an alien nation. <laughs> he's so yeah, much. Jim McBride is awesome, and he's been in literally everything ever. The term "can't stop, won't stop" applies to him. Oh, oh, I didn't know. So he's like the current animated voice for Nick Fury. Yes. Someone don't tell Mike Pence that. <laughs> that joke was right there. I had to. Okay, that's cool. That reminds me a lot of like... Oh, I forgot about the dog. What is he eating? Is he? It looks like he's eating nickels. Ugh. Oh look, it's uh, it's Sean Astin's dad. Yeah, you're definitely not supposed to burn those things. What is he burning? Like, um, chunks of, like, probably compressed wood. Like, 2 by 4 stuff. Like, treated wood. Oh, yeah, definitely not. I wonder if, like, Sean Astin ever came to see his... I wonder if Sean Astin ever came to see that he's, oh, like such he... old, that he's such an old ghost that he's just falling apart. I wonder if Sean uh, Astin came to set and was like, and Peter Jackson saw him, he's like, hey, wait a minute. God, some of this makeup and practical effects are just so damn cool. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We like you were saying. That's John Aston. Sean Aston's dad. He also played. Um. We got Gomez Adams. In the TV show Adams Family back in the day. Um. He's also been in the original uh, Freaky Friday, West Side Story, Teen Wolf Two. And he's still kicking. He's 90 years old. I know that actress. Yeah, that's what I was doing, too. I was like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> Baby's like, yeah, I got you. I feel like that woman in the red was the, uh, she looks like the woman from Home Alone 2. So that is Leslie Wing, and she did all the high school musicals. She's one of the teachers. Oh. And she was a big, like, 80s TV actress. Oh, wow. How 2020? A major what crisis? Health crisis. Oh, oof. Oof, that hits differently. What what I understand is that it's like, how do you explain the... Oh, is that Peter Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, that was funny. Anyway. What were you saying? Do you understand what? Uh like well how does she how how does the lady explain her kids flying around? Oh, is this he... is something I want to bring up. What is the timeline of this movie? So Brunette Lady, what's her name? Lucy meets Frank. No, yeah, no, Lucy goes to the person's house. 
And then... Yeah, like, so Lucy meets the woman. He hits the thing. That's all one day. Like, how many days later is this? Like, uh, the next day? I think it's the next day. I'm only 29. Oh, that hurts. I mean, I love the setup for this movie, like the mm-hmm. world building and like how he explains the afterlife, Jackson at least. Yeah, they do a really good job with the world building. All the ghosts look like they've just been uncontrollably crying. Yeah. I also like that the ghosts are like kind of beetle juicy. Like, like they're actual people. Yeah, but great cameo. Uh, Ha ha ha, he said it. Well, this also gives, like, a lot of, like, what ghosts can do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, talking him at his own funeral. Who is that guy <laughs> with the bolo tie and the m- mullet? How is he sweating? I want to know how he sweats. 
it's I think it's the the plasm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, this looks like a very John Candy-like role. Yeah, this guy's also a character actor that's been in everything. Yeah, he's in, like, Ace Ventura, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, he played Bibbo in Lois and Clark. He reprises his role in uh, Heroes of Tomorrow or whatever that show's called. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Don't you don't you disrespect Bibbo's name? Oh no, the different character. This is Bibbo is the bartender. Bibbo and Bebo. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Bebo is our Lord and Savior. Don't disrespect him. Oof. Aww. Yeah, if we're not talking during this movie, folks, it's that it's really hard to not criticize what a the movie. Weird restaurant. So it's a restaurant, but it's like medieval times. Honestly, I'd go. So is this supposed to be the same night? Yeah, this is the literal same night. This is like a funny bit. It's very much like a ghost. Okay, what the fuck is this outfit? 
What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're at like medieval times, the restaurant. This is literally like medieval times without the fun. Oh, oh, wow, a juggler. There's no knights fighting, so what's the point? Actually, to be fair, this was the 90s, so this kind of shit you could get away with, not in 2020, though. Did you cheat on me? Oh. <laughs> I do have this, like, like I said, where it's like ghosts, but like a comedy version. Yeah. <laughs> like, not romantic at all. <laughs> this feels like a lame Biff Tannen. Oh, yeah, this definitely feels like he feels Biff Tannen y. He. He acts like a lame Biff. And I saw one of the things, like, uh, Michael J. Fox kept blowing takes. Uh, oh, I heard about this. Yeah, because he kept calling the judge Doc. I do like the concept. Like, this is, like, a fun concept for... Like, it does feel very Tales from the Crypt of, like, a psychic seeing, like, trying to solve a, like, a, a psychic, killing, a killing a spree. A con man who sees people who, yeah. who has to solve an actual case. Yeah, but he, he is a con man, but he is also actually psychic. Yeah.
But yeah, so this is actually kind of funny because this movie will tie into, kind of tie into another movie we're doing. Probably the next one we do. Probably. All right, that's cool. Yeah. Also, I love Michael J. Fox dressed like very Chandler Bing right here with the hairdo and like the <laughs> big suit. Him coming out of the mirror is like in Super Mario 64 when, he, when Mario goes into the water. Mm. And it's like that same like metallic ripple effect. Yeah. Oh, this is also a good bit here too. I gotta say, some of these effects hold up very well. Oh, like, yeah, for 96, like, these are amazing effects. Some of them hold up, not all of them. No! So, do, do, do. way to leave a crime scene. So... Man, you gotta go chase the Grim Reaper. Uh, he's chasing a Nazgul, if we're gonna keep up with the Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah, it's kind of... Like, am I wrong? It looks like a Nazgul. Okay, so something that makes me really happy is that... I just read this here. The studio granted Jackson and Robert Zemeckis total artistic control and the right of final cut privilege. So this is absolutely like Jackson's movie. Like it wasn't like studio interfered. Which makes me happy because he's... It's good to see a director, especially one as creative as this, have his vision fully realized and not hindered by studio notes. Well, I think a lot of that is like the budget for this movie like isn't that big. If it I remember correctly, twenty six million. Uh, it was big enough to where the movie didn't make its money back, so it wasn't. Really no, no, it, it definitely wasn't like a hit in any way or or anything like that. And apparently, post production was rust, but Universal loved his rough cut so much they moved the th- re- release date up by three months. Wow. So you're thinking this comes out in July, so it's supposed to come out October. (laughs) Wait a second. Is that guy from... Is the deputy from... uh, Shit. He looks like an actor in... uh, Fuck, what's the... uh, Preacher. The one of the guys that played one of the angels. I've never seen Preacher, so... There's a bunch of deputies, so this could be... I I don't know who this actor is, but, like, this character is great. That's Jeffrey Combs. That's uh, from Reanimator. Yeah. Yeah! Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, he's in everything. Like, I looked at, like, he, he... They do so much with, like, it's not makeup. It's, like, this haircut and his posture. And it's, like, just just the way he acts, like, the way he doesn't, like, look at people. Yeah. Okay, so this is funny. So he was 
the question in the Scooby-Doo and Brave and the Bold crossover movie. I love how, like, weird of a character this is. Like, this yeah. character is insane. I'm trying to remember. He's, like... This is so weird. Oh, his character is insane. Did they say what his position is? He he works for the FBI. Okay, that's what I thought I remembered. What's with this Willard-looking ass Oswald Cobblepot looking? I was gonna say he reminds me a lot of like an Oswald Cobblepot in his look. Like this looks like a goth. Is this where they got the Gotham idea from? Uh, I mean, the father of Oswald Cobblepot was um, in Batman Returns was uh, Paul uh, Rubin. I forget the name of the actual actor, but Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, yeah. Paul Rubin. So it, I mean, like, no. What he's I'm like saying, a very kind of Paul Rubens esque kind of awesome yeah. character. Yeah, what I I'm love saying. long Michael Jackson hair or Michael J. Fox hair. What I'm saying though is that the Gotham get the idea for this hair from this movie for Cobblepot. Also, was that Lassie? That looked like Lassie from uh, the fuck is it? Uh, Psych. As the contractor guy. I feel like he's also doing like kind of an Ace Ventura thing here too. Yo, Jim Carrey could have definitely played this role. He was big enough. Like, he's definitely doing, like, a Sherlock Holmes, like, slash, like, um, uh, Fox Mulder. His face reminds me so much like Jim Carrey. Oh, my God. So, Michael J. Fox with long hair looks like Eric Stoltz, which is hilarious. Which is funny, considering who was supposed to play, uh... Oh, no, he did play. Like, they filmed over half that movie. And then oh, like, my oh, God. We- I'm, like, looking at, like, Jeffrey Combs' uh, IMDb. I'll, I'll talk about it like after he does his exposition dump. Like this isn't kind of important.
Yeah, you could tell, like, with him, like, he was talking about his ectoplasm running dry, and he's just a very dry-looking ghost. Yeah. And everyone else, you know, is like, like, damp. Yeah. Yeah, because the other two guys have, like, goo coming out of their eyes and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... Ears. Okay, so I'm, like, looking at his INDV, and I'm, like, looking at, it, like, his voiceover work, it's, like... He he was Jonathan Crane in the New Adventures of Batman, or Batman the New Adventures, which is pretty rad. But he was also the question for like years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like such it's like, oh, like what a what a great role. He was also the the creepy version of the Rat King in the the first Nickelodeon TMNT show. Yeah, he did a ton of he did a ton oh, of hey, Star Trek. It's the reporter guy. Um, I'm trying to look here. He was. Do you know what other character he played? Oh, uh, he was Professor Haycraft in uh, Mystery Incorporated. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's hilarious. He was also the greatest supervillain of all time in Batman: Brave and Bold. Uh, the Kite Man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's Brainiac in Injustice too. Yeah. What a what a cool career for this guy. Hey, I guess it doesn't matter when that cops will just pull out their guns at people. But they didn't shoot first. Yeah. <laughs> this this motherfucker. This is awesome. Oh. I like how this is also showing like the rules. Yeah, he, he he also has some very strong uh, the Ghost Rider of the Western era. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Oh, the hanging judge. I just got that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So they open fire towards a crowd with against an unarmed guy. Hey, man, they're cops. And they're destroying like priceless artifacts in the museum, which where is this museum? That has mummies. To yeah, a it's, mummy. It's, it, yeah, it's this weird town that has like an extensive museum and a Midnight Times 
Or in medieval times. In a museum. Like, <laughs> that was you, a great line. As you do, Lou. I mean... But, like, they opened fire on a walking mummy. Like, how do they explain destroying all of this stuff? Lou, it's New Zealand. New Zealand's like <laughs> that. Oh, no, the judge is very Harvey Wein- or very Bill Cosby. <laughs> Oof. The design on the Reaper is awesome, too. (laughs) Some wacky shenanigans. Again, just opening fire directly towards him and the public. (laughs) Listen, man, you don't know what New Zealand's like. Oh, everyone's just like, oh yeah, it's definitely the man who lost his wife who killing people. Well, he did drive to like right where his wife died. That's true. With the person who is now dead, who said that he's going to murder her. So, she died not knowing how she really died? Uh, she was knocked out when the the Reaper got her. Yeah. Also, I guess that's true because the other guy didn't know either. 
Jim Carrey could have also played this role. I'm just saying, his face reminds me so much. Yeah. Jim Carrey was like the height of his powers. So, how many days past the initial meeting is this? Like, three? Yeah. Like, from the start of the movie, this is within the same week, right? Uh, I think it's, like, within the last couple of days. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not how the FBI works. Oh, yeah, because he's, like, crazy. Yeah. Maybe New Zealand has their own FBI. I don't know. Yeah. And I like how they blurred the shit out of that badge. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not fake. That's also a very weird thing to do. can't get over this dude's hair. I just, I can't. Oh, yeah. Let me go through some IMDb facts while we're here, because there was quite a bit on this one that I found interesting. Apparently, according to, I said this before earlier in the chat, compared to Jake Busey, or according to Jake Busey, there we go, that's the word. 
um, there is a five-hour version of this movie that exists. I which I can see there being like so many more killings. Yeah, try try not to like read too much stuff because like there's also like a huge kind of like mystery element to this movie. Yeah, in terms of the plot, in terms of the read something. Never seen this movie. Oh yeah, we don't want to spoil the big twist of this. No, definitely not. I do love these shots, though. These are, like, great shots. Yeah, this is, like, the... the the Raimi close-up shaky cam. Yeah. Like, the... Uh, when he's in, like, the, the cabin and, like, all the yeah. animals are talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know who could have also been interesting as this character if it was Sam Raimi that did this movie? Paul Rubens. Oh, well, yeah, Paul Rubens. But I was thinking of... Um, what's his name? It's in all of his movies. Bruce Campbell? Bruce Campbell. Like, this guy reminds me of, like, <laughs> tiny Bruce Campbell. Because Bruce Campbell's a big dude. the fuck oh (laughs) this is only like the first like i feel like this is the second layer of the onion of the insanity of this character like that guy i i guess I, i never remembered what the sheriff said but like this guy's just broken from his investigations Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's been driven to the point of insanity. Because he's like, he is trying to catch a killer. He's just completely bonkers. So she's breaking into his house. Yeah, I like how we're seeing he's kind of decaying now. Yeah, I do like that effect, how he slowly just... I like how he's calling Michael J. Fox a loser when he gave away, like... Like, he blew 16 grand. Oh, he made the garden. Also, that is, like, the worst studio fake rain. (laughs) (laughs) That guy has some great lines. This fucking guy, I can't. Oh, I also did not remember that through line, but that's what connects 
I barely remember anything about this movie. It's been, I think, since high school. I remembered like Michael J. Fox, his three buddy ghosts, the old lady and her daughter, and Jake Busey, and the twist. I, I did not remember Reaper. the reporter. I did not remember any of the other stuff. I remember the Grim Reaper. That's it. I mean, I kind of can, though. I'm not really. No, she can't. That'd be bad. I wish Jackson would go back to horror. I mean, I know like he made King Kong after Lord of the Rings, which was still big, but... The only movie I've ever fallen asleep in the theater to. Okay, well, that's because that movie was three fucking hours. That's why. It's also, like, too much. It's too... Like, it's somebody who's a film nerd trying to make the original again. Like, it's too much. I don't mind that movie, but it's a movie I'm not going to like. Watch what movie? King Kong. Jackson's uh, King Kong. King Kong needed to be like an hour shorter or 45 yes. minutes shorter, and then it would have been like great. But like, there's like a lot of really cool moments, but there's also just like a lot that just like kind of doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I get you want to say a lot of things. I've been look the like, island. Hey, like, cool. let's have this big, like, eight minute long scene where. The, the captain's talking to like this crewmate about something and then like have them both die 10 minutes later. It's like, what was the point of all this? Yeah, I don't need a scene where like Adrian Brody and Jack Black are arguing about why they're going to the island. I'm like, set this up earlier. Who gives a shit? Oh, shit. It's a oh, clue. Yeah. Oh, we're playing Blue's Clues? Fuck yeah. Blue, can you find the exacto knight? <laughs> <laughs> 
How about you, kids? Can you find the dead body? A clue, a clue! But yeah, you recognize, like, the exacto knife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chekhov's exacto knife? Yeah. We just got There's, like, exacto- many, like, things. It's like, oh, is the magical thing urn gonna come back that we just saw? See, I've been reading Brightest Day, so I'm just gonna call that the White Lantern, because that's what it looks like. I love these shots where it's like it's very obvious that there's going to be like a special effect shot like in there that you're just waiting for. Yeah. It's like really funny because that that CGI shot of him going through the wall looks basically just exactly like the CGI shot uh, for the Nightmare remake. Okay, that's cool. Him getting his face torn off, that was cool. Uh, I have not seen the new Nightmare. That was... Unexpected. What a great jump scare. Yeah. I'm afraid of time travel. So I'm reading through some of the trivia. Apparently, like, no matter what Jackson did, they kept giving this film an R when they were trying to make it PG-13. And then he just got so pissed that he made one of Destiny's more graphic. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, funny. Like, there's not a whole lot of swearing in this movie. There's, like, no blood. There's no, like... Like, yeah, there's, like, nothing, like, really in this movie that dictates it being really yeah. R. Which, like, honestly was kind of a death nail for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, like, if you see the R, you expect some other stuff. This has got to be, like, hard to act through, though, because there obviously is nothing there. They're just reacting to nonsense. 
I mean, while T. McBride's just like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Well, I also definitely... like that idea that they like deflate. I like the idea that he like can crush your soul out too. Like just hold it in his hands and then yeah. just crush it. It's a it. good like design for a villain. And again, so he's just going to shoot an unarmed prisoner? That's the FBI. Oh. <laughs> I like that bit that he kicks him, the gun just pops up. Yeah. Like, this is very much like Peter Jackson's Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. And it sucks, because I would have liked to see Michael J. Fox do more of this kind of stuff. I would dare say this is kind of reminding me not only of Evil Dead, like the sequels especially, but like stuff like the Blob remake or Night of the Creeps, stuff like that. Those kind of like really fun 80s horror movies. Oh yeah, she's a doctor. So we're just going to steal from um, what's the Keith or Sutherland movie that they remade like twice? Flatliners? Yeah. I've actually never seen that movie, the original. I wanted to. The the original's awesome. Then they did like two different... They did a a bad sequel, a remake, and then a remake under a different name. I heard the remake, the one that came out like a couple years ago. Was absolutely awful. Is that the one with um, what's Pierce her name Clemens. from Tron Legacy? Wild Olivia Wild. Uh, I think so. I'm thinking of the one that's like got a uh, Kiersey Clemens in it. Oh no, Ellen Page, Diego Luna, Kiersey Clemens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there's another one. Yeah, because that's the one that's actually named Flatliners, and then there's like the not Flatliners Flatliners. That's like the same movie, but it's a different name. Oh, okay. Lazarus Effect? Oh, wait, I know that one. Okay. It's like, it's a little different, but it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I think Donald, yeah, Donald Glover, Olivia Wilde. Okay, I remember this. Yeah. 
It's it's a lot of the like, oh, we're gonna put a living person and like kill them and bring them back. So, like, how he's trying to kill him. And now he has an Uzi. Okay, that's a little... Against a witness? Well, I guess she assaulted him, so... That is still... I also like Michael J. Fox's ice goatee. Yeah. You asked him as Mr. Freeze. He would be, like, a really, really good... I think he would be a really good villain in something, like, comic booky. Because, again, after I saw him in um, Designated Survivor, he kind of plays a villainous character. I think he was a villainous character on The Good Fight, too. I also wonder, like... Because this is obviously a lot of wire work that they're doing in green screen, how much Jackson learned off of this. Because is there anything between this and... and Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Um, Did he just fart? No, he sat on a donut. Oh. For his butt. Also a great song for him to be playing. Like a weird dark cover. So let's see. After Frighteners, he does... Yeah, he does Lord of the yeah. Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Like, five years later, but like, they also took them, they were making it for like four years. And they also made three movies at the same time. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, is that universal too? That's New Line. After this came out, Universal gave him the chance to do King Kong, but he turned it down and then came back to it years later. Yeah. Yeah, I just think he was like, after his other movies, everyone was like just signing him to do deals. Because, like, after Dead Alive, and yeah, I think it's like. Dead Alive, and I can't... He got this movie from Heavenly Creatures, I think they said. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings... From Lord of the Rings, he got King Kong. Yeah, Heavenly Creatures was like from a King, movie. From King Kong, he got District 9. Which is a fucking great movie. Well, District 9 is like a weird... Because it's... It's a movie that's basically recycling all the stuff from the Halo movie that didn't happen. Fair, fair. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen Heavenly Creatures. I just... I have it on DVD. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's got, uh, like... Uh, uh. Oh, yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, I couldn't remember when this comes up. I also love this bit in, like, old cop cars. Oh, what the fuck. 
That's not exactly what I remember. I thought I remembered his nipples being pierced, but this is actually more interesting. What what happens? I'm I think it's this. showing the like how jacked up his body is from all of his undercover work. Oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, he's just broken. And he doesn't believe any of this shit. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I think he's just super broken. That was also very Jim Carrey of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ooh. Was that her husband? No, I don't think uh, so. So why are these bodies all popping up? Also, Arlie Army's awesome. Like, you know, he died, but like, he's a very fun part, like character actor to throw in here. And he also I love, like, like the, the like the movement. Of the Reaper, like when he like pulls out like his uh his scythe, and he just it's like a he like hits it on the ground and just like oh, yeah. pops out, and that's it's, the sound effect of it. It's very comic booky in like the best ways. I like how there's like two different fights going on here. It's like Michael Michael J. Fox with like two. Like giant machine guns from like Vietnam fighting a Grim Reaper, and then yeah. her trying to drive away from this creepy FBI agent. Honestly, but yeah, the design for the Reaper is so good. All right, that's a definitely Evil Dead kind of design. Oh yeah, but like I do think that you're like John. You joked about it before, but like I bet he was like, I really like this design. I need to use it again. And I bet that's why it basically shows back up in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember when we saw that stuff with Jake Busey? <laughs> You know what's actually funny with him doing that? I'm like, oh, he's kind of would be really good clown from Spawn. Yeah. Like, okay, if that was something that he did when his wife died, wouldn't they be like, oh, 13, the last person he killed was 12, and he also carved their number into their head? Yep. That's some, like, shitty cop work. Also, this is a very, very fancy graveyard for wherever they are. 
Oh man, it's like 1995 Venom. Oh my god. He, this is uh this is CGI from One More Man. Oh man, could you imagine Jake Busey as Edward Brock? Actually, I could. I actually think that's not like this era, not horrible casting. It's better casting than what we got in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. From Sam Raimi. Yeah, One More Man's a couple years before this in 92, and it's kind of a similar CG. Trying to see what else came, because this came out, this was a summer release in 96. Wow, this came out an interesting year. So, this came out the same weekend as Eraser, the Sylvester, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that's terrible. Uh, the one where uh, a guy is eaten by a crocodile? Yes, and they have laser guns at the end. Yeah, literally and, the two only things I remember from that movie. <laughs> and James Caan. And you know what else came out this weekend? One of the most underrated animated Disney movies of all time. Wait. 96? Yeah. Animated Disney movies. Uh, it would have been after Pocahontas. It, we've talked I, about it before. I don't think it's... I, I don't think it's Hunchback. It's between Pocahontas and Hunchback. I will tell you, one of those is the correct answer. It's Hunchback. Yes, it is. Because no one would say Pocahontas is underrated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hunchback, those both did, Eraser did 36 million, Hunchback did 32. Um, number three was The Rock, which is possibly one of my favorite movies, uh, and like one of the best movies from... Oh my god. Well, Nicolas Cage, yes, but also, that's, what's his name? That's in all the Transformers movies. Michael Bay? Michael Bay. I think it's probably the best Michael Bay Uh, Bad Boys. Like, it's like those movies of Bad Boys. Was it The Rock, Jerry Bruckhammer? Yes, it's also Jerry Bruckhammer. Okay. Um, and The Cable Guy also was out this summer. Was that number four? Twister was number five. Mission Impossible, the first one, was number six. The other awesome Sean Connery movie that maybe we might have to do here at some point, Dragonheart. Um, and Phantom was number nine. Yeah, so Cable Guy had come out the week before. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out where Frighteners is because it's like. Yeah, it's like not even on the box office mojo. Oh, did we get to the twist already? This part I'm remembering now. Yeah, this is like a weird summer for movies, like this July, June, like time period. Well, this was the uh, same year as uh, Mars Attacks, so we went over this last time. Yeah. Well, Mars Attacks was in the winter, yeah, but like, you had like Mission Impossible, The Rock, and Twister are like the big, big movies of the summer. And Independence Day. Uh, no, Independence Day was 96? Yeah. July 4th, 96. Oh, I am changing years. Weeks. Yeah, Independence Day was... July 3rd. Yep. This one's Fifty Shades of Crazy. Good lord. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in the wrong week. So this came out... I think I might have been in the wrong year. Or something weird. So yeah, Independence Day was still number one. Phenomenon, the really weird John Travolta movie, was number two. Where he's, like, a, where he's like an angel or something? No, that's, no, not, like, that's the one where like he gets the, the brain disease and he becomes like... It's like Flowers of Algernon. Oh. With uh, Kira Sedgwick's in it. And then oh. Courage Under Fire is number four. And Nutty Professor is number five. And this came in... I mean, Nutty Professor is number four. This came in at number five. Beating out Multiplicity and Kazam. Oh, well. How Which, dare it Kazam, that. that's a, I think that's a movie we gotta watch at some point. Oh, kind no. of honestly, yes. Please no. Um, Multiplicity is also a super underrated movie, I think. Isn't that, like, the last major Michael Keaton movie for, like, a long time? I think so, yeah. But it's so fun and good. And it's also, like, has the goofiest, like, pr- like, it's... I think it's, like, if you would compare it, I would say it's Michael Keaton's version of, like, Click. Like, oh, they're very funny. similar. I'd watch this. This looks fun. And, but, oh, uh, you know who's in that movie, John? John Scott? Who? Anna McDowell. Of course she is. She's also, the white. I guarantee you also, like, that trailer has a point, or, like, Multiplicity, the trailer for it, at some point, is, like, starring Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, this is the same summer as The Nutty Professor, so it's, like, The Nutty Professor starring... <laughs> Eddie Murphy and Eddie, Eddie, Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy. Hercules, Hercules. Well, yeah, but you know what? No one could beat that summer. The immortal line of "Let's Green Egg and Hamlet" from Kazam. Ugh. What a what a what a what a dialogue! What a line. This is like a really cool scene. 
Yeah, I love yeah. this. The, like the flashback. Like this is cool. I like this. I like how the co- like the lighting changes. Like it's so cool. Like how present day is so kind of uh, uh, grimy. Yeah, grimy, but blue. Like the hue is different. It's very like blue and green, and it's like very bright and uh, like kind of yellow. Is this like is this role like made for Jake Busey? Yes. Like I I honestly am like, I don't know if I want anybody else in this role. Like ever. It's he's so perfect. As like this like the grin, the smile, the crazy eyes. Like I get why he's kind of become like he's a great character actor too. Like he was good in the last season of Stranger Things playing this character basically like he's playing oh, I like forgot he was in that last season yeah he's playing like a subdued version of his dad and not to say like his dad is a way better actor like when he was of his right mind and even yeah. some roles when he wasn't yes but now his dad I, I love of... shotguns mm-hmm she got that infinite amp. She hit the up, up, down, A, B, A, B. I also like how angle. secure is the lid on that urn? She's also rocking the flashlight, like, tape, like duct tape to it. Oh, no. Trash. But I also have to say, like, she has to be having so much fun, like, being the mom from E.T. and then to do, like, a movie like this. I think everyone here was having a good time. Well, yeah, except for Michael J. Fox, I guess. Well, I think that was more the location than it was. The yeah, I think he, yeah, he missed being around his family in the beginning of like when his big illness is taking place. He did say that the reason why he wanted to work with uh, Peter Jackson was because he saw Heavenly Creatures, and he's like, oh my god, I'm excited now. Yeah, I feel like that's like Peter Jackson was always like this guy that and he still is, like, everybody wants to work with. I feel like... Somehow I feel like him and Guillermo are, like, these two guys that just have this, like, amazing aura or essence yeah. to them. And of, like, doing you know, these, like, crazy, like, special effect-driven movies and having this amazing vision as well as being these, like, like foreigners to America, but, like, are also great writer-directors that people want to work with. And that's why they get like these people that like are always want to do their movies and people always want to work with them. And it's nice that like Guillermo finally got his due, but like Jackson got like owned everything with um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we're very quiet because this movie, this is like 
fucking great right here. This movie's just amazing, so if we're very quiet, we apologize. We're just having a good time. Yeah, like, I would say, like, right now, like, this movie is, like, one of those movies that whenever it was on, this is, like, this is not a me shitting on it. Like, this is a movie that was on FX, I feel like, a ton. No, I'm dead serious when I say this is going up there with, like, Rocketeer and Mask of Zorro for, like, one of my favorites, and Mars Attacks. I also think it helps, like, how crazy blue his eyes are. I'm really excited for the next movie. It's also the, the ghost that uh, thanked him in the Yeah, that thanked him in So I'm just gonna, I just feel like that the face on the poster for the Frighteners is definitely Jake Busey. Oh yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. I also think the poster kind of, it's an amazing poster, but I think it actually does a bad job of selling this movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think this, like, this kind of goes back to our conversation a couple of weeks ago when we did The Rocketeer, where the poster for The Rocketeer, while being like really cool, like... It's like you you gotta make a movie poster that kind of sells it to an audience, yeah. And like having a like a a skull that's kind of faded into the background, it like kind of ain't it. Well, but I think it also sells this movie as more of a horror movie than it actually is. Like, I would say this movie, if you're gonna like give a percentage, this movie's like seventy nice percent comedy. It's a nice shining reference if everyone just got that. What an asshole. What an idiot. Well, again, like I feel like I'm weirdly defending this character. No. Like a- I'm like rewatching because the first time I watched this movie was and I'll say like this was one of those for us older folk. Maybe Silo, you could talk to this. This was a movie that even though this cover doesn't help this movie, this is a movie I picked up being like, ooh, this cover is cool. Ooh, Michael J. Fox. I'm gonna watch yeah. this and rent it. To be fair, I've had that too. Yeah, well, I remember like literally going to Blockbuster um, after all the mom and pop stores were dead, and like just looking through movies and like just picking based on covers. Yeah, I think I saw the poster is for this his, somewhere. His like whole character also is like he's just like very jealous that he's like not. Yeah, dead. I think that is part of it. Oh, Ooh. I'm guessing that is the effect that Jackson added in to make worse. Absolutely. Yeah, because I don't remember it being that graphic. We're like a watermelon exploding. What and like, I like the idea of like you immediately see his ghost. Also, I I love the trope of like the broken, very old elevator from like the fifties. Oh, yeah. Like that Tower of Terror kind of deal? Yeah. Oh, but, like, I never knew that this was, like, basically written to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. Yeah. And it's... 
it definitely has all of that, except it's way, way better. Well, I want to see what you guys think when you watch Demon Knight again. Siler, have you seen Demon Knight or Bordello of Blood for that matter? I I can't hear you. What was that? Have you seen Demon Knight or Bordello of Blood? I, oh. I saw the first one like years ago, but I mean, I... yeah, I've seen Bordello Blood. Like I can remember Bordello Blood. Like, I remember the goofy ending of Bordello Blood. The top of Jake Busey's hair makes him look like a tomato. Oh, with like the burnt, <laughs> it's like because it's it's burnt from the electric chair. Yeah. yeah, I will say Bordello Blood is a less fun from Dust Till Dawn for me at least. Like I'd rather watch that one. Oh, look! Shotgun of infinite ammo ran out. I like how he has, like, blue balls from this. Uh. (coughs) Like, I literally like how he's, like, coming from this. Like, she met that guy a week ago, and her husband was alive then. Like, that's where, like, this, that's where, like, I, I was mean, bringing like, up the hey, time period. I mean, hey, man, like, we've seen, like, in horror films, like, traumatic experiences bring people together. Hmm. Hey, but if you remember Speed. Yeah, man. Those relationships never work out. And we know that because of Speed 2. Oh, fuck Speed 2. Speed 2 sucks. Yeah, well, it's because it's the script... That felt like he was gonna do with Keanu, and when Keanu said no, he wrote like one line, and then it's the same movie, which is why it makes no fucking sense. And it's like the sixth actor that they talked to to do Speed Two for the hero, and like the and Willem Dafoe was like the tenth for the villain. Uh. So like. I like that bit. <laughs> Where he, like, ri- Mortal Kombat rips the skull out. Yeah, but I like when he's yeah. like, I got your girlfriend, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, afraid to go into the thing. This is also the bit that I remember, and I love the con- the concept behind all this. Oh, yeah. Like, both ways, I think, is really fun. I like how fast it is, too, like, with the sound. The sound design in this movie is also really good. Oh, yeah. Like, we're trying to show, like, speed and, like, everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, This is, again, one of the parts I remember a lot. Huh, huh, huh. The hell is yeah. a giant sphincter? Yeah, I love how, like, like you said, Silo, like, the way his hair, like, the burnt oh. on his head looks like a real, it looks like Mo from Three Stooges. Yeah. This is cool. Like, this is some, like, goofy, 
again, like early CGI, but the design is so cool. It's better than Spawn. Oh, I would say it's on par. Oh no! That's Especially when we see like this, like this is very similar to what we got in Spawn. Also, I think it shows how tiny Michael J. Fox is standing next to these two guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's also something that really hurt his career is that he always had a baby face. Yeah. And like him, Matthew Broderick, and like Tom Cruise all kind of came up around the same time, but like he just because of his illness just like couldn't break out and Matthew Broderick just like whiffed so many times. I mean like also it could just be Michael J. Fox, but like I just could never I you you can't really buy him as an action star, so he wouldn't oh, have I'm not an action star, but I think he could have done dramatic roles. Yeah. No. I mean, Ralph Macchio always had a baby face, but he grew out of that. Yeah, but I like he was also guy, not a... I like that the nerdy guy looks like a cool guy now, and like the, yeah. the other guy finally got to update his clothing. Yeah. Well, the nerdy guy was like a 50s guy, or like a... Like yeah. a uh, okay. Like you were saying, Lou, the fact that, you know, she was married, lost her husband, met this guy fell for him, it feels like, in a week. Yeah. I mean, again, man, it's horror films. You know, it's just yeah. like... I get that, like, you're like, holy shit, the one guy that I knew wasn't a bad guy is now, he was dead, and now he's not dead, and I think he's the one that saved me from ghosts. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. And there's also, I like that they have the dead body of the other woman still there. I also like this after scene. I think it's awesome. It's a nice closure for him, at least. Also, that picnic basket is like... That's also good. like a boombox? Yeah. Oh, no! It's like... No, it's, it's, oh, no, my it's, God! It's, it's, it's like, like it's super like legit. In there. Yeah, it's like a whole fancy like picnic basket. I thought it was just like... Speakers? Like a, yeah. No, um, no. It's just ready. like super fucking fancy. It's got like a whole china set. This guy is also perfectly cast for this character. Oh, Ouija boards. What do you know? Yeah, I like this guy was such a good like this character, like being like the goofy kind of lighthearted cop. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and he's still alive. Is it bad that I'm surprised by that? No. Oh, I did remember that the movie ended like this, too. This is a New Zealand band covering, by the way. What a fucking great movie. Oh, Oh, man. Like, this song kind of makes it all worth it. 
Yeah, that song, that was, uh, that was a good movie. Oh. All right, do we want to say where we're putting this, like, right at the top? Or we put it there? Um, I actually need to, like, re- I, I actually lost my list. I need to, like, kind of, like, redo it. Like, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I, I think this is, like, kind of on par in a lot of ways with The Rocketeer. Um, where it's like the world building's really good, lots of great character actors, everyone does their role like super well. There's like kind of no moment in the movie where you you're really bored. Um I, I don't know, man. I kinda like flip a coin on like which one I would say is better, but like I don't know. I have a, like a lot more memories with the frighteners than I do with the Rocketeer. I would yeah. say for me, this would probably go on my list at number three behind Rocketeer and Mask of Zorro. Like, I, mean, I would, I would put this above Mask of Zorro. See, yeah, I would put this at number two between Rocketeer and Mask of Zorro. Mask of Zorro is one for me. Okay, you know what? You can convince me. I can put this at number two, actually. Like, because... I like the Rocketeer, but Mask of Zorro is like... It's like it's very top heavy, like in the actor thing, but it's like it's so good. I think for me, the frighteners, what it does so well is that one, it establishes the world very quickly, fairly, very quick, very quickly early on. That's what I meant to say. And not only that, but like the world building's great, the acting's terrific. Everyone knows what kind of movie they're involved in, and they're all having a blast. The effects are great. The comedy is great. Everything in this movie just worked. It's, I would definitely say it's one of those like security comfort movies I'd watch on a bad day, especially for Halloween. Oh, like I compared this movie to like maybe like I'm trying to think of like other kind of horror e stuff that we've watched and just in general. Like I would rather watch this than Constantine, yes. and that's kind of it's more fun. Like Constantine has a lot of also cool concepts. And, like, it's cool in the comic book stuff and, like, other things they do, but Constantine, I want to watch it for, like, that final kind of scene, because that final scene is fucking awesome, where this movie's more fun in general. And then, like, Blade 2, which I know we haven't watched, but, like, we watched Blade 3, but, like, I would rather watch this than Blade 2, which is really fun, like, a fun mm-hmm. kind of horror yeah, action movie to me. I uh, I actually just remembered not liking Blade 2 at all when I saw it. But, like, I really? could not tell you, like, anything that happens in that movie, except for there's, like, like Morlock vampires in that movie. I love Blade 2. That's my favorite uh, of the three. Blade 2 is just, like, if you like, it's a lot of Guillermo character designs. The character designs are awesome. It's a lot of, like, Wesley Snipes one-liners and Ron Perlman being Ron Perlman. It's not, like, the first movie, but it's, like... It's obviously like a better budget, but like, yeah, like I don't know. It's, I think it's very fun. I'm um, trying to think of other movies like that are kind of in this kind of thing. Because uh, um, I'm like I'm looking at like a list right now, like uh, and like a Tremors is kind of like an action horror oof. comedy. Yep, Tremors, great. And I so love good. Tremors. I think I would rather watch Tremors than this. Oh, I don't know if I go that far. I think Tremors I is a better Tre- movie. Yeah. I love Tremors. I, I, I love Frighteners. I love Tremors. I think Tremors is, in fact, a better movie. 
Uh, I have to, I, it's been a while since I've seen Tremors, so I'd probably have to rewatch it again. Yeah. I know like, there's a new yeah. Blu-ray coming out. I would throw Spawn in there and like Dust Till Dawn. Spawn's definitely a worse movie. Dust Till Dawn is pretty close to this. I uh, think I would rather watch this than Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn is a movie of like two different coins. Because I mean, it's like yeah, it's a movie that's the, the first, the first half? half is Quentin <laughs> the, second. the second half, once they get to the bordello, is very clearly Robert Rodriguez. I'd watch uh, the Lost Boys as well. In addition to this, because that's just a fun movie. Um, uh, I think I like this more than any of the Evil Dead movies. I think it's a little bit more polished. Oh, oh Evil Dead Two is like a, the king. Like it's yeah. I, it's like hard because they're like almost different things. Because I still like Evil Dead Two is. Like, it's still so unpolished to me. Like, this movie is way more polished. Like, I would watch Evil Dead 2 with, like, a big group of people. Like, that's a movie, like, I'd have to watch with people. Where this, I could have it on, like, again, like I said, like, an FX movie of the weekend kind of thing in the background. I I think Evil Dead 2 is possibly the best horror comedy of all time. Like, I think that movie, like, is... It's like... Warts and all, I think that movie is like just so good. Um, and also, like, we'd be remiss if we didn't also bring up Dead Alive or slash Brain Dead, the mm. pre- the the predecessor to the Frighteners from Peter yes. Jackson, which is also like a zombie film that, like, uh, the 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 finale of that film is like, I. Th- it's like, look, man, like, I know people are like, Return of the King, the big fight is like the best fight they've ever seen. Like, look, man, uh, until you've seen, like, a guy with a lawnmower, like, held up, running, going, like, through, running through, like, a horde of zombies, it's like, look, man, like, that's the best fight scene he's ever, he's ever filmed. It's so good. Um, and I think that there's like a very clear distinction of like the the career of Pierre Jackson pre the Frighteners and after the Frighteners. Because like, pre the Frighteners, you got stuff like Meet the Feebles, which is like his uh, shit post of a Muppets movie that like oh yeah it, that's it's like what really the happy good. Time murder and, should have been. Yeah, but like it's also like very of its time. Uh, I've not seen Bad Taste, but I've heard it. It is also very good. I've seen uh, nothing pre Frighteners, so you know, Brain Dead, <laughs> and then and then like after that, it's like he kind of just moved in the Prestige, like very much in the way that like Sam Raimi. It's like after oh, he, he got, got done, he he took like he was like he was the like the Hollywood chosen child, like Sam Raimi became, and got into the system and then dominated the system, kind of similar to what Sam Raimi did with the Spider-Man movies. Like, yeah, they just made the biggest franchise movies of all time. Like, I feel like they have very similar parallel careers as compared to, like, a Guillermo who kind of has to grind a lot like, for another decade to get, like, his dues like, from the industry in a movie that's, like, very weird and basically a sequel to the Hellboy movie that he didn't get to make. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's like Raimi and uh, Jackson have, have both had their like 
you know, the kind of same ups and downs of each career. Um, you know, both both were kind of just, you know, were destroyed by the franchise that they like, you know, became synonymous with, you mm-hmm. know, with with Thor the Rings with the highs and then the Hobbit with the lows, which are like not entirely his own fault. Um no, and it's weirdly like it's like, and I keep bringing up to, uh, Guillermo because like he's so connected, like, and they're friends with Jackson. When like Guillermo was supposed to take over those Hobbit movies, and then that fell through because nobody's had more movies canceled than Guillermo. I'm um, like still waiting to this day for uh, Peter Jackson's sequel to the uh, The Adventures of Tintin. Yes, a hundred percent. Steven Spielberg did that first movie, and it fucking rocks, and it's so good. And I feel like strangely, like forgotten on how great it was. Okay, um, real talk. Can we do that movie? I've never seen it, and I probably should. It's the I, only. It's like literally like the only film that uses that Robert Zemeckis uh, technology of the motion cap like actually well. Like it we, looks so good. We should read the story it's based on and then talk about the movie because the well, movie it is based on a comic, so it fits into our stuff. Is the Secret of the Unicorn one of the racist ones? Oh, good uh, I, I I don't I don't think so. But like I know that there are some very iffy old Tintin comics it's, because like is it, because like is it French or is it British? Belgian. It's a it's a Belgian? French comic. Oh yeah, Belgian. But like I mean like also. Tintin, Tintin comics are from like the the fifties. No, they're from like the thirties, aren't they? Originally, I mean, they're like old enough to where it's like they didn't know better. It's like it's like reading old Uncle Scrooge comics. It's like at a certain point, it's like uh nineteen twenty nineteen twenty nine is when it started as a newspaper. Um, what do you call it? A comic strip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it Le Petit Vignantime? I never took French, so... So his his name is... All you need to know is his name is Herge. Yeah. But I think, uh, like, I don't know, and again, like, I really like this movie. Like, there's a couple movies, maybe I need to rewatch Evil Dead 2. Like, I, like, I think I would put this under the... Gear like the Guillermo Hellboy movie, like especially the first one. Like I love that movie, and I would rather watch that than Frighteners. But if Frighteners is on TV, I watch it. I watch it. Uh, I would rather watch Frighteners than Hellboy. Yeah, it's like it's a different thing. Like it's a bigger budget. Like it's a way. It's like what triple I, yeah, the budget, I, I, double the budget. I mean, Hellboy also came out years later, and it's like the a prost- decade later, basically. Yeah, it, it's like the prosthetics are you know really good. Um, everyone looks great, you know. It's like you can't, you can't get. It's like they they fucking tried, and they can't make a better looking Hellboy than they did in two thousand four. On they on, say on, they they uh, they they kind of tried, but they tried to do it differently, and it's like no, no, like, they nailed it. <laughs> what if we made? Yeah, it's like what if we made Hellboy like really grotesque and ugly, and also pink. Yeah, man. Um, oh. but like I do think it's kind of like. I'm trying to think, is there another, is there anybody else, like, with them? Like, I feel like it's Raimi, Jackson, Guillermo, and there's probably, like, a couple other guys who were, like, the horror first that then broke into mainstream. Like, Uh, especially of this time period, like, early, like, late 80s, early 90s guys. Uh, I mean, you have, uh, 
Oh my god, why am I blinking up? Man, Wes Andrew or Wes Craven? Yeah, okay. I, I kind of think of Craven as being like the generation earlier. I think so. I think Lou's talking about like this generation right now. Yeah, yeah like I mean, Wes Craven's kind of like oh, the previous one. Well, I mean, like I think Craven like had like his the eighties, and then he had like a real second life in the nineties. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm no, you're for sure correct. But yeah, he broke out like way like a decade before. Are, are you talking about like a are you talking about like a horror like a horror crater of like the last decade who's like kind of broken out? Yeah, I um, guess I'm like. Is there anybody else who's kind of done what, like, these three guys kind of did in, like, the 90s, going from, like, these very genre horror films and then breaking into mainstream? Uh, like I, think, I think, like, the thing about, like, Peter Jackson didn't break big with Lord of the Rings until, like, 12, like 12 years into his career, like, after, like, Dead Alive, you know? Um, and 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 Sam Raimi, despite kind of being a name in the 80s and, and doing Evil Dead 2 in 87, like... He, he, was, a, it, he was an indie name. He was, like, indie yeah, horror name. It's like he didn't get, like, his big shot until, like, roughly, like, again, like, 2001. And so, like, with, like, a lot of, like, these horror directors, it's like, you know, it, like, you have, like, a Nicholas Winding Refn who, like, dips his toes into horror sometimes, who, who does, like, kind of, like, really cool prestige stuff. Um, and then you have like a Robert Eggers who does like uh, The Witch and the oh, Lighthouse. I have, I have a name. I have a name for you, by the way. Uh, Eli Roth. Uh, I, I was actually like... kind of thinking the guy that you brought up before that did District Nine or whatever. Oh, Neil Blomkamp. Kind of, yeah, Blomkamp. Or that's right, Blomkamp. Blomkamp. Yeah. He kind of started to break through, but he hasn't done as much recently. Well, because he made Chappie. Yeah. And, and I think that's, like, kind of, like, the thing. It, it, it takes, like, so long for, like, some of, like, these, like, horror, like, people who, who've had, like, their, like, lives, like, start in horror to kind of, like, get their careers kind of jumpstart into, like, outside just doing horror. Um, but, like, there's, like, Ari Shakir, who, you know, who produced, like, Dread and uh, a couple other different stuff. Uh, you know, he just, you know, he just helped produce, like, the Castlevania series with uh, Warren Ellis. Um, and, like, there's, like, some names in horror, but it's just, like, you're just, like, kind of, like, oh, um, who's James Wan? Oh, yeah, James Wan is definitely, like, the name, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, gotta start doing Saw, and now he's, like, doing, like, Fast and the Furious movies and Aquaman. Oh, okay, And he did Swamp Thing. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to look, there's, like, Andy (laughs) Michucci, the guy that did it, like, work, is also working on... Lock Key, The Flash, Attack on Titan. Uh, Macross. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw, I was at the Macross panel when they, like, were talking about him being attached, and I've never seen, like, I've never been to a major corporation's, like, panel and, and felt, and just felt, felt like that the people on, on screen were, like, so pathetic. It's <laughs> like, what, what a sad state Harmony Gold is. I just felt so bad for them. But, uh, yeah, I'm going through guys right now just to see who I can find on the list. I mean, Jordan Peele might break out. You don't know. Well, he was he's like he was a name already. Uh, you got Flanagan. like a Park Chan Wook also who did. Um, yeah, Boy, he's somebody else. Thing, you know, I, I think if he got like a big like, and it sounds really shitty to say, and like I understand that. Like if he got like a big American franchise, 
then I think he's definitely like the guy. Uh, there's oh. also Takeshi Mike, who is just a guy who just kind of is like does whatever he has yeah. the whims of it. He's like a very much like a Robert Rodriguez, where it's like, yeah, I'll direct like Ichi the Killer or like Thirteen Assassins, but then I will also do the Phoenix Wright movie. So then you're gonna have someone like Adam Wingard who did stuff like Your Next, then he did The Guest, then he did Blair Witch, then Death Note. Now he's doing Godzilla versus Kong. Ugh, I don't know like that guy at all. I, I like, and I'm not. I'm not even like a Death Note guy. Like that movie just, is what just it a is. Comparison. But, but like, I don't think Your Next is very good. I don't think his Blair Witch is very good. Have you seen I, the guest? I just, I just don't get it. The guest is awesome. I love the guest, and Your Next I like a lot too. And it's like Kong Skull Island is so fucking good. It's like, why don't you get that director to do Kong oh, versus Kong Skull Godzilla? Island has. Kong Skull Island has grown on me immensely. I didn't like it when it first came out, but I watched it again, and I'm like, this movie's fucking great. It what sure shit like way better than those two awful Godzilla movies they made. I'm looking here now, like, the guy who did um, Upgrade, who wrote it, is doing, like, a kind of a bunch of stuff, like, another oh, yeah. take on Wolfman, an oh, yeah. Upgrade TV series, Escape from New York. Uh, so, like, because, because he did The Invisible Man earlier this year. Yes, which and was, that was like, huge. And that was and it's like for all the talks that Universal tried doing with the Dark Universe to like try and like breathe make new a life Dark in, Universe, <laughs> well, to try and breathe new life into the Universal monsters, and just completely just fizzled out with the the Mummy. It's like that oh, guy well, just fizzled like, out like seven times every well, time funny, they tried to make. Funny you oh yeah, that. like the Wolfman's not good, and and you want oh. to be bad, good, it's just not. And Van Helsing sucks. Oh, uh, you're forgetting one. <laughs> Dracula 3000 or Dracula Untold. Or yeah, Dracula Untold with. Um... So you mentioned that Lee Winnell guy. I just remembered. Guess how he started his career? He he was on the Saw movies. Yeah, he's James Wan's buddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the 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 Invisible Man is like a really cool 2020 retelling of like that whole entire like movie plot, and and yeah. it's like oh, you're gonna get a guy who wants to like redo like the Wolfman, and like maybe like this is the way you you jump start uh yeah, he's writing a ton of stuff yeah he wrote on saw saw two saw three insidious insidious two cooties insidious three uh insidious the last key upgrade invisible man and then yeah he has wolfman an upgrade tv show and then escape from new york yeah uh i don't think that escape from new york movie will ever happen uh, oh no. no i don't know why they would even try same, same with the the rock uh, Big Trouble in Little China movie that they keep on trying to make every couple years. I think that got cancelled. Yeah, like, probably oh, good thing. Why bother? Uh, Jordan Vaught Roberts, who directed Kong Skull Island, is I guess it's like, he's still working on that Metal Gear Solid movie. Like, he really wants that movie to get made. Mm -hmm. So, I'm trying to think. Uh, we're pretty late, so we kind of put it put this in our list, so is there anything else? Um, I will say, because we're obviously the people that also do the comic stuff, I did finally, finally listen to and finish the second Wolverine radio drama. Oh, it's it good. It's good. Yeah. Did you hear about it's the good. Batman one they're doing? Yes. They're, I know DC is doing their because they signed a deal with Spotify. Yeah. So they're doing Marvel has Stitcher. So I'm going to listen to I'm going to start listening to Marvel's, which is the Marvel's, third one that they Marvel's did is good. I would recommend like listen a little bit at the last episode. because There's a mid credit scene. OK, cool, cool. I did like the voice acting that Wolverine one is so fucking good. And I think 
Because, like, I think if you're a big comic reader, like, the voice you hear in your head when you're reading, I think Fred Armistage. Armistage. Is that how you say it? No, it's Richard Armitage. Richard Armitage. Armitage. He's the voice of Yeah, who's Fred Armitage? Uh, He's from Portlandia. Okay, that's who I think it was. (laughs) Yeah, no, Richard Armitage is like the like his voice is so good. But um, Uh, what what is it? The Wolverine. The second one is Wolverine. The the Long Trail. The Long Trail. trail. Yeah, I I actually don't like. I think it's like fine. Like I don't. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still good. Yeah, like I. I, I, I just remember I like I didn't hate listening to it, but it was like one of those things where I just kind of felt like there's just times where it just kind of needs to move on and it just yeah. sticks around too long. I think it does also once again suffer from the same problems I have with the first season, although it's a little bit better, and that it like it kind of wraps up real fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that whoever's writing them needs to work on pacing. Yeah. And I hope that DC, I hope more the like the Marvel show is better with that, but like the pacing for it is really not good. Now I have not listened to much um, like new radio dramas like this because there's I, I only know of like one other podcast I've never listened to it, which is like I can't remember what it's called. It's like something. It's like a D and D kind of more one. Um, there's like a couple of them that people put out there. And like it is an interesting concept. But like yeah, the voice acting is really good. Um You'll like uh I think out of the three, um, Marvels is the strongest. Oh. I, I haven't read like that it. book in for forever. They do a different take with it in that oh you'll see. Yeah. I kind of wanna listen to it and then I literally own the platinum edition of Marvels and then maybe I'll open that up and flip through it. Um, but it's fucking giant, so I need a but, uh, big table. It is getting late. Um, yes. I will say that if you enjoyed The Frighteners and you want to see more like that, keep it here for next week because we are going to be taking a look at the first Tales from the Crypt movie, Demon Knight. Yes. So yeah, we are constantly adjusting and flowing, so we added Frighteners in last week, and now we're still going to stay with Demon Knight, and we have a new fourth movie for our October spooky month um a comic kind of based movie so this fit in because it was supposed to be a tales from the crypt so we're going to watch an actual tales from the crypt movie next week don't forget to rate review follow tell friends um and hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast any other plugs siler do you got anything uh you can just follow me on twitch or twitter twitch and twitter twitch and twitter oh uh (laughs) i actually don't have a twitch i actually just that up but you know you follow me on twitter John underscore FN underscore Siler S E I L E R. Uh, we have like a Monster Girl book that's being announced this week. I'm pretty excited for it, so check there. Awesome. All right. So we will catch you guys next time. Adios. Uh, go vote. Yeah, go vote.